0: podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season. It's not just tongue and cheek Quarterback
1: defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, J.J. Zach. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy?
0: I am uh, freshly back from an eight-hour car trip uh, from the beach in North Carolina all the way back to Maryland, and um, you know, with a with a crying baby on board almost uh, the entire second half of the trip. So if I start. Screaming uncontrollably and speaking in tongues during the podcast. I I apologize in, in advance.
1: It's okay. It's 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 a, it's been a rough day for me as well. I still haven't really caught up from being away at a bachelor party last weekend, sleep wise, and now I'm doing the exact same thing this weekend.
0: Oh, so so you you've been hungover for seventy two hours.
1: <laughs> basically, it's basically what's what's <laughs> happening, and now I have to just just continue, just just push on into into this week. This weekend, I'm going to Nashville. Wow.
0: Oh, for another
1: for the other, for another one yeah
0: oh my god Dude, are you it's like, part of
1: my three weekend in a row extravaganza
0: I feel it you need to have um you know like acupuncture sessions in between you know like yeah. detox so-
1: I'll tell you what i i because i you know I gave up coffee like a year and a half ago or so and I've never wanted to get back on coffee more than this week mm I just just I need the I need the the energy. I need So this by the, this podcast might turn out into us just speaking monotone right. because we're both just like deathly <laughs> exhausted from what's what's gone on. But
0: the people need their living this dream. the stream.
1: They do. They do. It so. would be disappointing if we didn't if we didn't uh Right. Do this podcast. Right, but you if should, I'm a bad host, if 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 I can't keep the conversation going today, you know exactly why.
0: Yeah. Well, there 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 are no excuses in August. Let's just let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Uh I will say that you should definitely get back on the coffee. You should be main mainlining coffee at this point.
1: Man, look, my wife is all into coffee. I I I, I like it's not even cuz like like I'm not one of those people that don't drink coffee because like the, it tastes bad. I think coffee tastes delicious. I love the taste of coffee. I just it messes with my stomach too much, and we can't have that. No, well that we, that we, is
0: that is an issue. We, You're talking about it like it's cigarette. We can't have
1: that. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. The taste of coffee, though. Is, I mean, but there's people that are like, like I don't I don't drink coffee because it's disgusting. You know the 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 the, the disgusting coffee people. Uh,
0: oh, uh, I I hear this all. Oh, I used to have a coworker. Oh God, the most annoying coworker of all time. She used to say every morning as I was enjoying my coffee, as I was sipping my coffee, thinking this is the only enjoyment I'll get for the next eight hours. Thank (laughs) God for coffee. Thank God for coffee. I I would hear this. I hate coffee. Coffee's terrible. Coffee tastes like burnt toast. (laughs) Burnt toast? Burnt toast. It tastes like burnt toast. It tastes like- What kind of coffee is she drinking? I I wanted to be like, I know. you, You reminded me of that yesterday
1: and the day before and
0: two years ago when I started working with you
1: worst hey did you uh did you see the first episode of hard knocks i uh,
0: i you know what i watched it through twitter uh which, oh,
1: right, yeah that's fair meaning that's that fair.
0: people update it update me constantly so i don't need to watch it but now I, so
1: i i watched the first episode today and i must say i got i think six jeff fisher gifts out of it <laughs> three three of them i tweeted out um but there was a scene okay where it's almost like redemption in a way where Jeff Fisher goes into his office before everything starts. People who watch the show know exactly where I'm going right now. He goes into his office even before camp starts and he picks up his phone and he calls Nick Foles. Okay. And he's saying, but the first thing he says is he said, Hey Nick, how you doing? Like how's, how's your off season been? You've been traveling a lot. How's your family like saying like, incredibly th- thoughtful friendly things the very next breath oh yeah nick we're gonna have to release you Dang, <laughs> like it was but to me it was almost like it was almost cathar- it was just like this release for me right where like we got burned by nick Foles so bad last year mm-hmm. and we got to, i got to witness two of my uh, jeff fisher being one of my favorite people in sports for 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 interesting reasons and Nick Foles being my least favorite person in sports for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. and I got to watch Jeff Fisher release Nick Foles, and it almost was like a, you know what, we're moving on to this next season. Right, we're, was- we're done. We're, we're no more week week three Nick Foles crap, guys. We're over it. we we've moved on.
0: Well, first of all, no one has moved on from that. But <laughs> yes. uh, secondly, it is yeah, it's cathartic, and it's funny that Jeff Fisher gave you a cathartic experience.
1: It's true. It's true. It was very average though.
0: It was. Wait. So Fisher was screaming about, I'm not going seven and nine this year. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah. Throwing the F bomb around a little bit and him talking about like, so basically one of the, one of their scrub wide receivers, uh, one, the, the only rule they had to follow was they couldn't have people in their rooms with them. And some guy brought a girl back and he claims that he, she was only there for like, you know, 10 minutes and the guy who was going around checking for, for guys at curfew, um, Saw that girl with him, but the guy was going around apparently a half hour early to check for curfew, and so the guy didn't expect him to be coming around. The wide receiver didn't, so Jeff Fisher calls him into his office, and he's like, you had to follow one rule, and the guy's like, yeah, I know. You know, like, I screwed up. I'm sorry, and he goes, well, we're going to release you, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, I bet you would release Aaron Donald if you would have done that. Right. Like. Like don't don't BS this. This because this guy's not going to make the team. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that that was uh, that was probably probably the most like interesting thing that happened on the first episode. Yeah. Other than other than Tav- Tavon Austin also got his uh, he he cramped. Up. Remember that Tavon Austin report that he was like in a cart, like he got carted off. No, well there was a report that happened last week where he got carted off, but it was just cramps and. The next day at their uh, when, when Jeff Fisher was they were doing their like sit-in meeting or whatever, um, t- he asked he asked Tavon what he ate for lunch that day and Tavon Austin said that he had two bananas, and and so like that was part of the <laughs> look guys I'm so I'm I'm Google Hangouting with with Denny right now as we record this and his face when I said two bananas <laughs> he was like he was like wait that's my diet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey,
0: you throw fourteen almonds on top of that, that's my lunch,
1: well, no, so like like Jeff Fisher brought that up, and he was like, it's every you know like every small thing that people do has a giant effect on the team because mm-hmm. Tavon couldn't play, and therefore backups you know backups were were in and then they couldn't take as many reps and and blah 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 um so and then you know he obviously used that other guy who got cut as an example is like and then that's when he was start started going like, oh, I don't want to go seven to nine like we're not a seven and nine team." Like we're that's that's not the way that we play, right? And I'm like, well, you kind of are. That's exactly what you are. Yeah, you're, no, and you're and, actually more like a five and eleven. Team. Yeah,
0: they're three and thirteen probably. <laughs> uh, so not no, not seven and nine. Uh, I I don't like hard knocks. I find it boring. Is that bad?
1: No, I can understand that. I I just I'm really corny with you know like I'm just very corny when it comes to like sports and stuff. So I like to see like the inside and how they. How they work the, things. I mean, they have pretty good, like, fun coverage, and like, they they follow interesting people. Usually, uh the, it doesn't look like the Rams necessarily have yet because they're just like following Goff, and they had a lot of Aaron Donald in it and stuff. So we'll see where that goes. But it's cool to like learn the story. Like, like they followed Devonte Freeman a lot on the the Falcons one. Oh, and so okay. when he and you know he he didn't do much as a rookie, but right. obviously last year he was awesome. So it was cool to just kind of like. See, see their personalities and stuff. I
0: tried to watch the Dolphins one from a few years back when Tannehill. That was, was a, so bad. Was it rookie? Yeah, it was bad. And, but he, the one, the one takeaway I had from that season was that Tannehill didn't know who was in the AFC East. Like he had yeah. no idea. He said he said something about the Giants being in the AFC East, which means that he like doesn't follow football.
1: Right, right. The big one for this was Goff didn't know where the sun rose and set. Oh my god. They were like making a big deal out of it. But anyway, wow. that was that was that was Hard Knocks in a nutshell. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about underrated players cuz last week we talked about overrated players, but we, before we do that, Denny, why don't you talk about our first sponsor?
0: Yeah, uh as usual, it's uh, apexfantasyleagues.com. We are in the last what, couple rounds of our Apex uh fantasy writers uh, draft, which I, I really look forward to every year. Um, it's uh, it's shaping up to be pretty interesting. But um, <clears throat> I talked about a couple weeks ago uh, that we like playing on the site, not only for the flexibility it provides, but for um, the effort to remove luck from the equation. And, and I think that that's what we're all uh, going after. They also have um, the highest payout rates uh, of any uh, site, uh, of, of any fantasy site uh, along with great uh, customer service response time is amazing. If you watch their Twitter feed um, and, and and then obviously if you, you can email apex people um, if you have any issue with the site, um, they're right on top of it. They're run by really good guys. So uh, check it out. Apex fantasy com.
1: Yes. Okay. Denny, let's talk about some underrated players. I'll kick things off. Uh, the first one isn't that big of a surprise. Uh, Cause we talk about him all the time. It's Tyrod Taylor. Mm. Uh, so I wrote, I wrote this article on underrated players on number fire. So some of this might be a little reiteration if you read that, but at the same time, I think it's good to just kind of like talk about what was in it. Cause that's vital as well. Uh, I didn't, I didn't go with Kirk cousins just because he's going like around earlier than Ty God. So I figured Tyrod would be a, a better option. Um, but really, I mean, you look at last year, he finishes the 16th best fantasy quarterback uh, but he ended the year as the, with the seventh most or seventh highest, uh, points per game average. Um, so basically, you know, if he were to continue the pace that he had, you know, he was hurt for two games. He would have been a top 10 quarterback with, pretty mm-hmm. much with, with no questions asked. Um, I think that the fear with Ty God in general is that he ended the year with so many big plays. Uh, he had 30 plays of 25 or more yards, which was the 15th highest in the league. Um, and, and, but meanwhile, uh, he ended the year with the 23rd highest drop back total. So there's a big discrepancy there, uh, which is a little frightening. Um, and even even our net expected points metric at number fire kind of bears it out where it shows that he was a very efficient uh, quarterback. He was top 10, uh, but his success rate was 22nd in the league, which means he wasn't gaining, he wasn't obtaining that efficiency very consistently pass to pass. But the thing is, is that, Last season, only Ben Roethlisberger saw a higher percent of, percentage of his yards coming strictly from the air, meaning, uh, you know, yards yards after the catch is removed in that instance. So, which means I think what that says is that Tygod has a, a decent amount of of uh, improvement that he can make in terms of his receivers doing work after the catch, which is I, I think is a really really positive thing there. Um, and obviously a lot of that. Uh, percentage of of air yards has to do with the fact that he was throwing it vertically so much you're not going to get as many uh yards after the catch but still that's there's still a a point for improvement and then there's the other side of things you know obviously i mentioned that he was a top seven uh points per game guy which makes him a screaming bargain to begin with because he's at qb 17 on fantasy football calculator which is crazy but tyra taylor also only had four touchdowns not only but he had four touchdowns on 104 carries last year Uh, and if he would have scored two more touchdowns just to give you an example he would have been a top four fantasy quarterback in terms of points per game so I think Hmm. that if there is a a not even a perfect storm but a a very very good storm right Um, of things that kind of collide he could be a top five fantasy quarterback this year I do think that he has top five upside I don't think that he necessarily hits that but it's definitely in his realm of possibility and that's why you know he's one of the perfect late round quarterbacks to target because if if you know if he fails, he doesn't do well. You can hit the waiver wire, but if not, he could really be an every week starter for you.
0: Uh, you know, uh, there was last year where he um, he went from you know below average game to tremendous game with his rushing ability alone, and uh, it just it's a reminder of how critically important that is when you can get a a a, a quarterback who can tack on consistent rushing yards and we're not talking about you know alex smith adds two points here three points there on the ground and that's mm-hmm. fine uh long live jesus smith but um uh, tyrod's uh rushing ceiling is much much higher than a guy like that which uh you know the the equity scores that i do for the uh for the fake uh had his ceiling at qb7 i believe and i i wouldn't you know you saying it's a top five ceiling i'm not gonna argue with that at all
1: yeah All right, Denny, give us one. Uh,
0: So, okay. You know, I joked a lot, and I'm going to say joke because um, I don't want to get stoned to death on Twitter. Uh, I joked last year that Martavis Bryant was uh, the Steelers' best uh, wide receiver. Well, he's gone. Um, And uh, in his place steps Sammy Coates, who now is running with the first team. Um, And you might actually have more insight as a Steelers uh, fan, but... Uh, you know, he's running with the first team. He he is uh he's going to be, from all re- accounts, the vertical threat um in, in that offense. And when you have Roethlisberger under center, it's not not a horrible role to play. Okay, um, I think that his production could be a little bit sporadic. Uh, but Coates is, you know, Coats's price, according to uh fantasy football calculator, um, is. I, I just i think kind of makes him hard to pass up at all. he's going in the eleventh round um which uh i think has climbed a little bit but um i don't see it skyrocketing unless maybe he has uh a, you know an enormous uh uh preseason um i i bought him i got him in the uh in the tenth round i want to say of the apex writers league where the uh the wide receiver values were just haywire from the start because it was such a a receiver heavy draft um as as we've talked about on twitter um but i was very happy uh, uh getting him there i think that uh he could shape up to be um you know a uh somewhat hard to uh hard to predict wide receiver two uh at his at his best and you can get him for you know on the cheap you can get him down there with i'm talking about with Mohammed sanu and victor cruz
1: hey um, don't talk junk on Mohammed sanu man Victor Cruz, Victor Cruz does not make any sense, by the way.
0: I I saw a Giants beat writer tonight say that Cruz could be cut.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And not only that, it, look guys, if you're listening to the podcast right now, which you are cuz you're hearing my voice, go look at Victor Cruz's stat lines. Like he had like I don't know why there's this idea that he's been this like consistently elite receiver until that injury happened. Uh there's been I mean the, the, he hasn't Uh, Go check out his lines. But anyway, with with Sammy Coates, to your point, Denny, if you look at with and without Martavis Bryant last season, uh, that offense, uh, there's a very clear role to be played because without Martavis Bryant last year, Darius Hayward Bay saw over 15% of the targets in the offense. Um, I think actually it was like 17%. And Marcus Wheaton saw a very, very low percent. Uh, He saw like 13 uh, or 12, I think. I shouldn't say very low but Mar- Marcus Wheaton actually ended up seeing more per- a higher percentage of the targets with Mar- with Martavis Bryant playing than with him not playing. Uh Mar- that's not Marcus Wheaton's role, which is where he's being drafted basically. Um mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Sammy Coates obviously has the upside to 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 be playing in that role. Uh, I think, you know, it, it, his his downsides baked into his cost. Once you get that late in your draft, it just doesn't matter. So yeah, I
0: wondering. I mean I'm I'm yeah, I'm just I'm just like crazy happy to get him at at that spot and um just really really crossing my fingers that he doesn't get up until like the ninth round
1: yeah um all right the next guy that I, we're we're both kind of on we we'll probably spend some time on this but for some reason Giovanni Bernard is like a really really like divisive topic to like like mm-hmm. it's just strange right um but here here's here's some i mean the, the argument to be made is this. Essentially, he's being drafted as RB twenty-five right now in PPR formats. He's never finished outside of the top twenty in his three years at running back uh, in, in in the league. He's never finished outside the top twenty at the position. He's being drafted at RB twenty-five. So what what we're saying is he's being drafted below his floor, right? <laughs> so I don't understand the reason that folks are like like there are some people that are just like not for him. And the argument for, for to not be for him is the fact that uh Jeremy Hill's there, he'll steal touchdowns and there g- therefore Giovanni Bernard's ceiling isn't that great. And that's not that's not even false because last year Bernard only had two top 12 performances, but he had eight top 24 performances, which the eight uh was was better than than all but seven running backs last year. So it's it's a you know a situation where he's going to give you that nice floor, but that's not a bad thing at all. Then he also has a ceiling though that if something were to happen to Jeremy Hill, all of a sudden Giovanni Bernard is is a is a pretty easily high end RB2 I would say maybe even a low end RB1 given the 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 way that that running backs look right now. But here's the other thing too. Giovanni Bernard scored 2 touchdowns last year. He scored 2 touchdowns. If you do a regression analysis that looks at only uh yardage and it, it compares to how many touchdowns a player should score based on the amount of yards that he he gains, Giovanni Bernard on the ground alone last year should have seen uh about 3 more touchdowns 2.87 touchdowns which was the eighth highest di- uh positive difference in the NFL at the running back position meanwhile Jeremy Hills should have seen 5.69 fewer touchdowns based on his yardage totals which was the highest in the league and and I understand that a lot of that has to do with the way that they're using those players but at the same time there's some luck involved in that uh do you, have, it, you know like the the yardage marker that you should look at for goal line touches is, is within the five. But if you look at within the 10, uh, the discrepancy between Hill and, and Bernard, I believe, is only four carries. It was 16 to 12, I think. Um, and just seeing that, uh, there's a lot of – I mean, there's there's just – there's fortune involved in, 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 trying, in scoring touchdowns from there, right? So I think that Bernard has upside in that he's going to score more touchdowns than he did last year. But he's being priced even lower than where he finished last year. With the upside again, that if something were to happen to Jeremy Hill, he could be a legitimate running back in fantasy football. So to me, like, sure, make the argument that, you know, he's, he doesn't have that high of a ceiling. He's not, he's not an interesting player. But like, there's so many other fights that you could pick than picking a fight about Giovanni Bernard's ADP.
0: I would understand the, um, the war on Gio, uh, as it were, uh, if, uh, if Gio were, being drafted where Jeremy Hill is being drafted according to fantasy football calculator which we're going with right now. Hill's going at RB twenty one and Bernard's going at RB31. Do you do you have that same thing?
1: Yeah that's for standard I would assume.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, yes it yeah. is right. But um, still
1: that's an insane difference. Okay. Even in even in a standard league.
0: And but so okay so you take Bernard at that at, at that ADP and it's being uh, you know, it's being described as, you know, something close to a wasted pick or some, some, you know, that that that's how it's being described to me on Twitter. It's it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. It's not a disaster. It, it It is. It's a guy who finished as in, in PPR. He finished, I think, his RB 17 last season. Right. And he scored two touchdowns. He scored zero touchdowns through the air. Right. OK, so I know you just talked about the regression analysis that yeah that's that's all, all great points and i i just i don't i don't understand like the the total the total dismissal of a player like this
1: doesn't make any sense to me at all i don't the other thing too that i'm getting kind of sick of that since this is our podcast i can say whatever the hell i want to say <laughs> okay we need to quit with this idea that your lineups have to be flawless in order for you to win a fantasy championship right Like We need to stop this idea that just because Gio Bernard Bernard doesn't have an RB1 potential ceiling with Jeremy Hill in the lineup, that he's not a usable fantasy asset. You can sometimes draft an RB2... To be a solid RB two for your team and be fine, it can work. It can be fine, guys. Like quit, like find your upside elsewhere and get floor in your lineup with a guy like Bernard. I mean, honestly, you don't. It's not like you're drafting forty five Gio Bernards to be in your lineup. You're drafting Gio Bernard and maybe the round before you get Dante Moncrief, who has a crazy ceiling. Like it's, it, it it's it's insane to me that people think that you have to win at every position in fantasy to win the championship, let alone because of the fact that your freaking fantasy playoffs are single elimination. Anything can happen in those weeks. So look, what I'm saying is Gio Bernard, it's fine to draft a guy at for his floor when you're in round five. If you get to round eight and you're drafting a guy for his floor, or round nine and you're drafting a guy, no, don't do that. But you're still talking about starters on your fantasy team. It's fine to draft for a floor at that point. Right. That was like
0: That's one of our to... old school rants.
1: It was, it and, was, and,
0: and I like it. I like it. And yes, the the thing that the phenomenon where pe- people post their lineups, their rosters on Twitter, and say, you know, what do you think? And and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot, there's a lot of positive, good, uh, uh, instructive feedback. I think that that goes on there. But there's also the there's also the person who goes basically, all of your players don't have wide receiver one, running back one, QB one potential. Therefore, your lineup is straight trash.
1: Right, right. And it, it blows my mind. It, it legitimately blows my mind. I, I'm all about a mix of the two. I'm all about a mix at the beginning of your drafts, to mix high ceiling, yeah. high floor guys, a mix of – I mean, like, it's fine. Like, it's it's perfectly fine. You can win that way. All right. Um, Do you want me – I'll talk about this next guy really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Just to – uh, because there was news today that came out that talked about Marvin Jones being the number one wide receiver for the Detroit lions. And I, I woke up to that tweet and I, I like was immediately alert and very happy.
0: You woke up to that tweet and you were woke.
1: And I was, I was certainly woke. Uh, cause we've been, I mean, I've been talking about Marvin Jones a lot this summer on this pod. Um, basically basically every podcast i think i bring up marvin jones I, I i didn't even think i was going to become a truther but i became a marvin jones truther here's the deal with marvin jones and i, I you know i've I've gone through the spiel plenty so I'll, I'll try to keep it as simple as possible um he's entering a situation where we know the lions throw a lot um they've they've had some of the highest pass run ratios of the last decade especially with a healthy matthew stafford uh there's no calvin johnson there there's there's plenty of targets that are that are gone in that offense right um Golden Tate's never been a, a number one guy. Neither is Marvin Jones, I understand, but Marvin Jones also played behind AJ Green, and that's not very fair. And I believe he played behind Keenan Allen in college as well, which also isn't fair. Um It's so, important
0: context though. It's important context.
1: Very, very important context. Uh Golden Tate's never been a red zone guy. If you look at what he did last year, he scored six touchdowns. Four of those touchdowns came from two yards or fewer out, and each of those touchdowns were on design plays where he essentially caught the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Um, they're gonna run those plays for Golden Tate again. Don't don't get me wrong, but there's no other outs there's no real outside threat on that team to score touchdowns. They need that. Marvin Jones, meanwhile, has had a a, a touchdowns per target rate in the red zone that's been better over the last three years than everyone not named Tyler Eifert, Rob Gronkowski, Allen Robinson, Des Bryant, and Julius Thomas. That's it. That's the those are the only guys. As much noise as you want to say a statistic like that has, because the sample size is small. I still think it's something. It's something that you can at least look at. Like if he, if he had, if he was on the lower end of that scale, then it would be frightening. Mm-hmm. But he's on the upper end of that scale, meaning we know that he can score touchdowns. Uh, you, I mean, it, it. You have Ebron who's already hurt. Um, and you have. I mean, it's just a situation where it would be very surprising if he didn't see just walk into if he's healthy 120 targets in a pass first offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's him essentially seeing. of the team's targets which is not insane at all to think about because there's no one really else in that offense and and if anything Anquan Bolden's taking Golden Tate's work in the slot not Marvin Jones's work so there's that report that comes out today that says hey Marvin Jones is, is, is looking like the number one receiver for the Lions and everyone loses their shit because they've been drafting Golden Tate in the in the middle of the third round and look I mean there's a guy, Michael Rothstein, who works for ESPN, right? He uh, he's a, he's one of the Detroit Lions beat guys. I've been talking to him for the last two months about the Marvin Jones situation, and from the very, I have, and from the very beginning, sorry, Denny's laughing, that's why I said I have. I said, and from the very, from the very beginning, he said that this is a one A, one B situation where we don't know who the one a is mm-hmm. he said that from the very very beginning he's a smart guy i looked at it and then i looked at the situation I'm like wow this kind of makes sense because golden tate's a dot is like negative point six like it's crazy like he just golden tate doesn't move from the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. marvin jones is that intermediate deep threat i do fully expect golden tate to outscore marvin jones this season okay and in, 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 especially in, probably in PPR formats because they will probably have like ten to fifteen, maybe ten to twenty more catches. But the problem is Marvin Jones is being drafted like at the beginning of the ninth round on fantasy football calculator. I can't even, mm-hmm. I can't even tell you guys how big of a steal that is. Like that's it's, it's it's it doesn't make any sense. Like I can't fathom. I can't even. I'm speechless.
0: Devontae Parker is going two rounds before him. Yeah. Before before Jones.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there are, there are some, I mean, like, like Marvin Jones could, could easily outscore two of the three Arizona Cardinals wide receivers this year.
0: Well, we're getting into hot territory.
1: I'm not even, I'm not even like, maybe not. I like Michael Floyd most there, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to flinch if Marvin Jones outscores John Brown and Larry Fitzgerald. I will not flinch. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, it's, it's what he's walking into. It's a great situation.
0: I will be watching for your flinching um, and I'll report back to the people uh But uh, I I love that you're you that you know you're reporting back to us from your Marvin Jones truther meetings in which <laughs> in which you talk to beat writers who are also apparently Jones truthers and you guys get they together are, they are. you're in a church basement you're you know munching on snacks you're drinking coffee well not you you're not drinking coffee you're drinking no, tea no, tea yeah. and um and and you know you're talking and you know but you know the one a one b thing you t- you said that maybe two or three months ago and it's and it planted seeds of doubt in my mind and i stopped drafting golden tate at that point so thank you for that
1: boom do you remember i i mean i did i did throw out the hot take a couple months ago that marvin jones is going to outscore golden tate this season
0: i think you need to stick we, we're gonna we're gonna have our hot take episode in a couple weeks obviously yeah. so maybe yeah. we could talk about it but i think that you you need to come out strong on that point
1: oh man <laughs> oh, that's too that's too tough for my i grand. know
0: that that doesn't go that goes against your nature completely
1: It does. It really does. But yeah, that's, that's, that's the reason that Marvin Jones is undervalued. You want to talk about, and I know you have another wide receiver.
0: I do. Uh, Uh, Philip Dorsett, I, you know, there's not a whole lot to say because of his injury plagued, um, 2015 season and Andrew Luck not being there, um, for most of last season, uh, except for this, uh, the Colts, according to beat writers are running, um, almost exclusively three wide receiver sets. Uh, apparently this is not common uh, in luck's tenure at, uh, in Indianapolis. So uh, th- that three wide receiver set obviously includes Hilton, obviously includes Moncrief, but it, ha- it has Dorsett in there. So if Dorsett is going to see significant snaps in a uh, potentially, uh, shall we say, robust uh, passing attack, uh, and, and you can get him in the 12th round, Right now, I mean, oh no, thirteenth, thirteen oh
1: five, yeah, it's crazy,
0: thirteen oh five. He's being drafted along with Martavis Bryant.
1: <laughs> yeah, <look. laughs> like, like, look, like, as much as we both love Moncrief, like, what happens if Moncrief isn't a thing, or what, or what happens if T. Y. Hilton goes down, right?
0: Like- I, I have the okay, so I have this sense that it might not be a horrible thing to if you have Hilton. And if you're in position to just go ahead and scoop up Dorsett in the middle of the 13th round, then do it because, because of that, I don't, I want, I don't want to use the H word handcuffing, but, but, but there, but it it is that effect. You know, I, I feel the same way about a guy like Jermaine curse. If you take one of the, you know, either Lockett or Baldwin. I mean, not, it's not necessary, but it, it can't really hurt, I don't think. Yeah,
1: and I'll I'll say this, that Jermaine Kurse and Philip Dorsett are both two of my highest-owned wide receivers in MFL 10s uh, so far, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're going to have standalone value regardless, mm-hmm. right? They're going to have big weeks that might be unpredictable, but if something were to happen, like, that's just the mindset that I think that has changed a lot for me over the last couple seasons is just the the if something were to happen, how how does this person kind of fill into that offense? And I think with Dorsett, like if something were to happen to T. Y. Hilton specifically, like that's that's kind of the way. Remember when Dorsett was drafted? Everyone's like, oh my god, they already they just signed T. Y. Hilton mm-hmm. to that deal. Why the hell do they get a guy who is T. Y. Hilton? Um, so it'll be it'd, it'd be interesting to see what would happen. I think, look, if, if it, once you get that deep in your draft, you should just be drafting strictly for. For guys who you're not planning on using, that just have crazy upside. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if you draft a Do- a Moncree for a Dorset or, or a Hilton, mm-hmm. don't feel bad about getting Dorset just because they're on the same team. Because at the end of the day, if Dorset is good and is something, then you can you can easily trade them.
0: Right. Yeah. I just you know uh, I I don't have like a laundry list of numbers as to why uh, he makes a lot of sense, except for his ADP is yeah stupid low, and um uh, you know. He his floor i mean his, his floor is you know m- maybe nowhere i don't know but it, his ceiling is really really nice given given good circumstances
1: yeah for sure all right the last guy i want to talk about really quick is antonio gates uh i have some really weird numbers with him. first of all can we talk about his injury proneness as the reason why people draft him so late yes
0: talk about that because i did some research on that and i was shocked
1: Antonio Gates last season missed one game. He missed four because of the suspension. So don't don't think that that has anything to do with health. He missed zero the year before that, zero the year before that, and one before the year before that. So Antonio Gates has missed two games over the last four years. So congrats, guys. He's super super injury prone. I
0: couldn't believe that when I looked that up for my uh, equity score article. I wanted to. I was trying to write the sentence like, "If you believe he can play a sixteen game season, and <laughs> right, right. the yeah, you should believe that because that's all he does."
1: I think the problem is that he's always on the injury report but he always plays. So, it, it you can't like be I mean, Patriots are on the injury report every week too. Um, but here's the thing with Gates. Okay, he's going off the board at tight end 13. Um, Gates has averaged roughly it's been it's 0.45 touchdowns per game over his career. So, if he were to play 16 games, uh and he's had over a 42 uh 0.42 rate in in all but uh, two of his years of of his seasons playing one of them being his rookie year. So basically what I'm saying is eight touchdowns is almost like expected. If he were to play 16 games, well over the last decade, the lowest a tight end has ranked while scoring eight touchdowns in PPR leagues is is tight end 11. Mm. And Antonio Gates is being drafted at tight end 13 right now. Um, so I think that just shows his upside. Not only that, I mean, he finishes a weekly top 12 last season, uh, we a weekly top 12 tight end last season six times and only eight tight ends did that more. And Antonio Gates missed the first four games of the season. And he missed another one in the middle of that. So, I mean the guy like, look, I know he's not sexy anymore. Like he used to be a sexy pick, but like, it's not going to be like, look, I think he still has like top six tight end upside. Like I, it, it just, to me doesn't make any sense where you, you lose a guy like Stevie Johnson, especially, Right, because he's out for the year. That just came out today. Uh, you lose Stevie Johnson. You you don't have you don't have an obscene amount of threats in an offense that's gonna throw a lot that threw more than any other offense last year in terms of pure volume. Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback. Um you're so you know, you I, I don't know why I have to explain why Antonio Gates is like a reliable fantasy option. It's I'm, crazy.
0: He's you're right. He first of all, I thought <laughs> I thought when you said that Gates is not a sexy pig, I thought you said sexy pig, and I was like, "Wow, that <laughs> that's really offensive." Like I, you know, I mean, like Gates is not like the slim, you know, fit guy that he was ten years ago. But man, you don't have to call him a sexy yeah.
1: pig. Yeah. Well, now he's roided out.
0: Uh, uh whoa, whoa, yeah, you're right. Actually, because he was. Suspended. Yeah, I'm not
1: even wrong. I mean, like no, it's been it's, a, not, it's a fact. It's
0: actually that's a, a thing. Been. Oh well. Uh, um. <clears throat> so no, and you're right. And he is so boring. And so your brand, it's just ridiculous. And yeah, I, yeah. And I love him. I love, I love him. I just, there's no reason to, I mean, who who's going to say no? I don't know, at that ADP.
1: Right. I mean, look, I have him in my two highest tight ends in, in MFL 10s, him and Jason Witten. And I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> like dude, look, Jason Witten, I, I was drafting Jason Witten in the 14th round when he's never had fewer than 64 receptions in a single season since half of you guys listening were born. Like, (laughs) like it's crazy that he goes that late. It's insane. I know. Uh, And with, with Romo coming back, I mean, sure. So like, like I like old tight ends, but I like old tight ends that have been producing for years and that have not shown signs, Mm. you know, sure. They might've, you know, they're not as efficient as they were in their primes, but they're, it's not as if they're like putrid weapons right now. I just, I, I don't get it at all. I just, I know that people want the this, the this, this sexy picks and the, 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 the high upside guys, but a guy like Gates still has pretty high upside. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still there. Yeah. I mean,
0: if he were on a team that was, you know, conservative, going to keep it on the ground, uh, then I, you know, wouldn't be as interested. But he's not. He's on a team that, you know, couldn't help but throw it. What seven hundred times last year?
1: Yeah, right. Like Philip Rivers dropped back to pass like seven hundred and four times well, or something. What like, in the just,
0: world is that? I mean, they're not going to do that again. But
1: that's so many times, though.
0: It's just ridiculous. Yeah, so
1: many times. All right, Denny. Before we get to the question section, we do have a sponsor now for the questions section. Yes, so our like sponsor
0: uh, is ffdraftprep.com. Uh, their draft dashboard. This is, seems like a tongue twister, I know, but their draft <laughs> dashboard is a uh, is a flexible, customizable, and streamlined draft tool uh, that centers around tiers, player tiers, uh, which allows you know users to constantly be aware of the number of players available within each tier. Uh, as the draft goes on, uh, it uh, you know we talked about uh, FFDraftPrep.com last week, uh, and it's its focus not on value based drafting, which you know we've talked about uh, some of the shortcomings in in uh, value based drafting, uh, but but rather on uh, scarcity, on uh, positional scarcity, and the algorithm uh, that operates within the draft dashboard. Uh, actually focuses on positional scarcity uh, and it very quickly evaluates the quality of players available at each position and really helps you focus on your roster construction. Uh, So I just, you know, this, this draft dashboard really fits in with everything that we talk about on the show on a weekly basis. Uh, And I definitely think that as your drafts come up, I mean, you know, we're in what almost the middle of August now. So Mm -hmm. uh, draft apocalypse is what uh, two weeks away for, for most people. Uh, you should definitely check it out, ffdraftprep.com.
1: Word. All right. Into the questions section of the podcast. Uh, this first one's from a guy who didn't know how to ask questions for the podcast. But if you guys ever like – so, by the way, we haven't promoted this much, but follow us on Twitter at LiveTheStreamFF because that's where we take our questions for this portion of the podcast. We actually have far more weekly far more weekly listeners than we do followers on Twitter. So get on that, guys. Yes. Uh, this first one is at J Alex Olguin, and there's a series of tweets that I'm just going to read because I think it's an important thing that we talk about because it kind of happened in our Apex draft. Greetings, JJ and Denden. And I knew that it was he was a real listener because he said Denden, which was referenced last week. So mm-hmm. um, I forgot I was calling you that from now on. Uh, <laughs> I I hope things are well in the post email future. I've been doing some mock drafts lately. And, it, and it's not abnormal, especially early, for there to be a run on wide receivers, leaving me with running backs as my top-ranked option still available. Should I be afraid of that happening through several rounds? If you've already got two top running backs, are you more willing to reach for a wide receiver in round three or three running backs reaching for in the fourth for a wide receiver? I know it depends on scoring, league, league size, etc., but at some point I feel like my roster is so RB-heavy that I risk missing middle-round value like woodhead because a time has come to start getting that getting that peloton of wide receiver threes while they're still to have basically clay in your apex league i don't know what how that string of thought meant worked uh he has four of the top 15 running backs but he'll have have to start uh a wide receiver greater than 35 is it worth it so yeah i think this is goes back to just what happened in our apex league with mike clay and look mike clay is the, the one of the, if not the smartest fantasy mind out there. Uh, and he's a very good fantasy player. I've played in a lot of leagues with him, but he he knew, and he, he caught himself in a, in a pinch where the first he went, you know, you have all these teams going wide receiver heavy in this apex draft that we did. Um, and, and as usual, I was very middle of the road (laughs) and, and Mike ended up going with four running backs to start the draft. And then he was unfortunately auto picked Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round. So, but then in the six, I believe he got another one. But essentially, he was trying to obtain value, which makes sense. And then you can either trade that value or just hold on to that value. I mean, eventually he's going to have to trade some of these running backs in order to get some wide receiver values because his wide receiver one is Tavon and his wide receiver two is Vincent Jackson. So to, to answer this question, I'm I'm very strongly of the belief that you can't just go with best player available as people rephrase it. I just, I I don't think that that's a true thing in fantasy football. I, you know, I, I think that there are, there's a lot of talk out there of people zigging when everyone zags, right? Like that's, that's what everyone talks about in these, in these Mm -hmm. circumstances. I don't really think that's a thing because at the end of the day, you need to fulfill these roster requirements. And if you need to refill, you need to fulfill roster requirements of, having three wide receivers and a flex spot, uh, you have to address the position at some point. You have to read the draft board at some point and realize that people are drafting them earlier. And it's fine to reach a little bit if people are drafting them earlier because you don't want to get stuck with a really shitty situation at one of those positions.
0: When you can start up to four wide receivers, I I think that a run on wide receivers early in the first and second and third rounds shouldn't scare you away from hammering away a wide receiver. Uh, Right. um, You know, it, it, and it's, and it's difficult because look in that apex draft, I mean, in the third round, I'm looking at guys at running backs who should have been gone eight, nine, 10 picks ago, you know? Right. And, and I'm just, I'm staring at them saying, how can I pass this guy up? But then look at the roster construction. Now, if this were a league, one of these ancient leagues where you start, two running backs and two wide receivers and there's no flex, then first of all, this wouldn't have happened. Okay. Like this, this, but you, you go ahead and you capitalize on that running back value. I, I really am. of, Yeah. I'm of the mind like you, JJ, that just simply zigging while the other zag uh, is, is not the key to fantasy domination. I, it just, you, you really have to pay attention to roster construction, you know?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great case study with how Clay. I mean, if, if anyone can can work with that roster, it's probably Mike Clay because mm-hmm. he's very, very good at this. Um, so it's going to be interesting just to see kind of how it all plays out at the end of the day. Um, but I, I do think, you know, in, in drafts like that too where I don't feel comfortable in knowing how people are going to be drafting because I – like, look, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be wide receiver heavy, but it was even more wide receiver heavy than I thought it was going to be. And I, I mix him like I, I did what you said Denny where in the in the you know latter part of the fourth round I got Doug Martin who in casual leagues will go at the end of the second round right and so I did the same thing that you were talking about where I was like oh this is I don't even love Doug Martin this year I don't like him that much at all and uh, but I got him just from a value standpoint. And almost immediately regretted it just because of the way that the, the rest of the draft. I mean, my team's fine. It's, a, it's not a terrible roster, mm. but I do. You know, it, it's just that feeling where, oh, these guys are for real. They're going to keep doing this. So you have to feel out your draft in order to, to kind of go about that. Yep. Um, next one at Joe son of Joe. What is the max auction dollar per player you would spend? Assuming two to four star scrubs philosophy and a $200 total budget, 70 bucks that's generally where uh elite guys will go and it depends how many how many teams are in your league though to say just because you know you have to like the larger the league the more money you have to spend right
0: i would say yeah i mean like 60 or 70 i don't know
1: yeah that seems about right next one at Polish tweeter how do you find how do you find you keep taking with your last pick and oh who sorry i'm an idiot who do you find you keep taking with your last picks and mocks before kicker and, and defense and special teams? Coates, Funches, T-Willie, Terrence Williams. Yeah. Uh, I like Coates and Funches a lot more than Terrence Williams. I like Coates the most, though, there. Yeah, we we just we just talked about Dorsett and Coates. Those are two guys that we would probably both be targeting.
0: Yeah, and once in a while, I'll take Janice the goat, but you know, most of Here those guys,
1: yeah. Uh, next one, at R4mates, he says, is there a smell that is generally accepted as gross that you actually enjoy <laughs>
0: Oh, that's funny. Um, I mean,
1: I, I mean, my own farts.
0: <laughs> well, everybody loves their own brand. Let's just be honest.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the that's smell that other people would hate. Let's
0: see, smell. I think
1: that was like the, the answer he wanted.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that that's definitely. You know what? I kind of like the smell of gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? is that an acceptable answer
1: that's that's a very acceptable answer i just can't wait to see what your mentions look like well look
0: i i mean usually what i do is i get a bucket of it i lock myself (laughs) in a room and i just sniff i just sniff it is that something that people do or is that just me and
1: you just do it because it smells good
0: i wake i wake up i wake up like six hours later having no idea what happened it's it's actually a really fun wednesday night activity
1: oh my god unbelievable Uh, this next one at the pug father, he says for JJ F Mary kill field Yates, Marvin Jones and David Copperfield. (laughs) Um, I'm going to kill David Copperfield. I'm going to F Marvin Jones. I'm going to marry field Yates. I mean, you
0: know, I feel like with, with field, it could be either F or Mary.
1: It could. Yeah. That was the hardest. It's either him or Marvin with those two. David Uh, Copperfield can go.
0: Yeah no yeah get get him out of here uh I mean Field Yates is a very handsome guy uh, but
1: he's got a he's got a heart of of, it, a, of, of a of a of a, a little boy
0: <laughs> what a Jesus well he has I can tell you that he has the hair of a god um True. and uh, you could you could actually like uh, uh, cut your you know hand on his jawline so um, <laughs> I'm gonna f I'm gonna f Field Yates if that's- <laughs> if if it's all the same
1: (laughs) this next one at this is gonna be a crazy questions portion uh at the manimal 18 so denny is a beach guy huh vegas had those odds at 200 to 1 cleveland browns types odds huge upset.
0: Uh well yeah, no look, I, I like to be at the ocean and remember that uh in the end the ocean will go on forever and uh my <laughs> existence on this planet is fleeting at best. So it's just a reminder. It's a reminder that I am doomed. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. You can't look at the sky and do that. You can only nope, stare at just you. the ocean. Uh next one at FF Coach Hudson, in a vacuum and in a perfect draft, which draft order position comes out winning? I think it's still top three. Uh, I do too. Yeah. I you just get one of those three guys, you feel so good about everything. Yeah. Uh, next one at underscore big floss. He says, "Will RG three have more than occasional occasional uh, streaming value this season, or is it finally time to cancel the truther meetings?"
0: No, I I'm excited about his streaming potential. Me
1: too. Me too, with the, I mean like it's amazing that Josh Gordon comes in and all of a sudden we're like, Holy shit, they got some good weapons in Cleveland.
0: Yes, no, I mean look at they have uh Gary Barn goat, uh yeah, Duke Johnson, Duke, Duke John Goat, they, <laughs> Corey Corey cool Goat. you have uh uh Goat Gordon, uh Corey Goatman. I mean <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, I do I think I think RG three could be really interesting this year. Uh, this next one at, at FF Coach Hudson. Does cupping help with muscle soreness after dad runs? Bonus: Which head coach is most mostly to recommend cupping?
0: Uh, oh, Pete Carroll probably.
1: Yeah, Pete Carroll's good.
0: He's like, again. Yeah, I know a great acupuncturist.
1: Huh. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly.
0: The yeah, so cupping is, is this uh because I I go to an acupuncturist. Uh, it's, the every,
1: Phelps, it's the Michael Phelps thing, right? That's why everyone's talking about it
0: once a month, right? So is it? But the, does that stem from acupuncture?
1: Because I see these things on the athletes; they look like weird tattoos. But I don't know. But I, I I'm I'm not sure. But I totally burned a friend tonight because one time I, I, we we were doing every every New Year's Eve we do a power hour. Oof, and. And so it's just been, it's become, we do, we do songs from that year and we do a power hour and it's, it's fun. It's been like, like we've done it for the last like eight years. And one of, we did it one year with our one buddy who had speakers and the speaker had a suction cup on it. Right. It was one of those little speakers that like you can mm. move around and stuff. And he was thought he would be funny. And at the 55 minute mark, like, like five minutes into the power hour, he stuck that thing right in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and, 20 minutes in, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna take this off," and he couldn't take it off. I had to pull it off of him, oh. and he had he had a giant mark on his forehead. For oh for wow! Yeah.
0: Well, they, these yeah. are look at this. These are things that happen during Power Hour. Also, vomiting It <laughs> also happens during Power. Hour.
1: Yes, very true. Very true. Next one at Beaver BKR thoughts on draft strategy from the ninth spot in a 12 team PPR. Also, I would like to hear Denny's hottest food take of the week. Mm. Um, draft strategy from the ninth. I think that you're in a good position to go either high end running back like a David Johnson, if he falls or get one of the scraps at wide receiver. So Denny, give us your food take of the week.
0: Uh, Oh, on my way uh, back from the beach today, I drove through a place called Mount Olive. I, I believe Mount Olive, North Carolina. It is the home to the Mount Olive pickle corporation. Okay.
1: That's what I know. Okay.
0: As we were driving through it, I, vomited constantly because pickles are the woat if we can be and honest about it they're so, very
1: average we've talked about this before though like they're just they're very very average
0: pickles pickles are bad also i got ice cream with my family last night well i should say i went to the ice cream place with my family i did not get ice cream <laughs> because uh, because I are horrible I, father but do you know what i got instead well well everybody was was uh uh devouring their ice cream i i got one piece of strawberry taffy one piece just one piece that's all i needed thank you very much wow. this is but you know what in my america everybody gets one piece okay no one gets more <laughs> you greedy pigs
1: oh man next one at frollo 625 ever been called out by an nfl player for your analysis this is in reference to the boy, young boy, hating on uh, getting hate from Todd Gurley after he wrote uh, negative things about Todd Gurley.
0: Matt Harmon. Yeah. No, it's boy, young Matt, boy. The the Matt boy, young boy. So so Todd Gurley, uh, for, for those of you, JJ's assuming that everybody lives their pathetic life on Twitter like we do. <laughs> right. uh, so Todd Gurley, the running back for the Rams, he um, called Matt Harmon the prolific writer for NFL.com a hater yeah. because Harmon questioned uh girlie's top five potential, which I think is valid. It's fair. But, you yeah. Know, like, yeah. You know what? Uh Rich Rebar had a great point today on Twitter, which is I like players. He likes players and I like players who care so much about <laughs> their, their name and their brand that they search for this stuff and they get mad about it. That means yeah. a Gurley cares. And I like that.
1: Yeah. I've never had anyone like say something negative, but I've had, Let's see, I had Rashad Jennings hit me up once, yeah, I had Fred Jackson follow me for a little bit, because I used to love on Fred Jackson so much and then, after the the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, I wrote an article as to why they weren't appetizers. Remember that Chris Carter quote how they were just appetizers, mm-hmm. and Doug Baldwin retweeted that and talked about it, and he was telling me to keep it hunted and whatnot so that was the <laughs> that was that was the that's that's been pretty much the extent of mine. I haven't run into many
0: uh. Yeah, I mean, I just had Edelman call me out that one time, but that was not related to anything I wrote about him.
1: <laughs> it was just you being you.
0: It was just me being a jerk.
1: Oh, man. This next one, at DC in the city. Thoughts on Jib Bob-era Stafford as a late-round QB target looked good last year in limited sample. I, I, I hate this narrative with a passion. I really do. I Look at what Stafford did last season. and I mean, look at the, the, the schedule that they faced. And it's very evident as to why Stafford was as good as he was. Don't get me wrong. I think that that the shorter passes um, certainly help Stafford. But you can't tell me that Stafford, who, uh, like, you can't sit here and say that he's a better, higher upside option without Calvin Johnson than, like, half of the guys that go around him in drafts. I don't see it.
0: So Stafford was QB6 uh, from week 9 to 17. Um, my, my issue with the Calvin argument is that was Calvin really Calvin?
1: I mean, he's still, he's still on the field. He still did some things, but like, I don't know, like even, even saying that though, like we were saying, Oh my God, Stafford was so good down the stretch last year. Stafford actually was the equivalent of our streamer that we Frankenstein last year. So if that's if that's what you're getting, if that, that's what you're trying to get with Stafford, fine, get him in, a, in an MFL ten. But I don't see him as like this like really viable season long guy. i
0: I'll, listen. All I want, all I want in fantasy football, is not to make America great again, but make Stafford fun again. Make him fun again. Yeah, that's again. true. Please,
1: God, that's true. Uh, next one's from at Ducalion. There you go. 12-team, .5 PPR, 200-budget auction with two running backs, two wide receivers, and two flex. How many elite wide receivers to target? Cobb and Green may be cheap after 2015. I, you know, go into it as being as flexible as you can, but I think that if it's a point, you know, .5 PPR with two flex and two wide receivers, uh, I'd still probably go wide receiver heavy in a situation like that. Yeah, me too. Word. Next one, at it's time for Timmy. Would you rather draft a quarterback in the first round or shave your head, wrinkle? It turns into a third round QB if you go Derek Carrier style.
0: What in the world?
1: I would draft a quarterback.
0: Yeah, I would do anything.
1: Here here's here's something good, Denny. This is at D Daily nineteen eighty five. Not to be a sap, but what's Denny's proudest papa moment so far? Oh, Hmm. then he's then he's got a single tear going down his face right now
0: well i'll start off with my least proud moment uh it came a few weeks ago during a performance that xavier my 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 son three and a half years old put on at his school where in front of everybody in front of the whole the parents and teachers and everybody and all the kid all the kids were singing and doing what they were told and he was just up there playing with his peepee <laughs> saying this is boring and going oh my pee pee hurts oh and i was like well you can go ahead and just kill me now if i just i was looking up to the sky i was saying god you can just go ahead you can take me because i cannot deal with this right now and yeah so that that was that that was a not proud moment um <laughs> my pee pee
1: you don't have a proud moment you just leave it to denny to just go to his his unproud moment
0: uh you know okay here here's one uh i he didn't know i was watching him one time uh, when i came into his classroom to pick him up uh from his nursery school and i saw him um help a kid off the ground he who had just fallen a a girl had just fallen and and he lifted her up and i thought well he's probably not a serial killer like i thought he was
1: yeah there you go Mm -hmm. there's a there's a proud moment uh this next one is at I underscore quint. Uh it's a, or L underscore quint, it's just a line. It looks kinda like I. What is higher odds? Denny being assassinated by Big Floss or Justin Perillo beating JJ in a forty? Oh. Certainly the fo- certainly the former. I I look I'm already
0: dead, by the way. Like there's no doubt Big Floss is coming for me.
1: Yeah, that's that's how ha- I mean and ju- you know Justin Perillo is never beating me. Oh, <laughs> Just stop, just stop. Next like, oh, one. By the way, wait, wait. Can I just say oh, something real quick this, about yeah. Perillo
0: and, okay, Jared Cook. Jared Cook's tearing it up at, at Packers camp. I love, give me, feed me your Jared Cook hate. Please put it on a spoon because I love it. I love it. I want more of it. I'm saving your tweets. I'm favoriting them. I'm going <laughs> to destroy you guys when it <laughs> <laughs> when when he's a thing in, in the in the in the regular season, oh please please just give me more tweets. Just give me. I'm just making a pile of them, and I'm gonna just whack you with them when when he goes off in the regular season. Go ahead, Jason. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna draft him in more MFL tens for you. you should, uh, yeah. Next one at Jim Calu. Pick your AL and NL playoff teams and make a prediction on the World Series. Okay. Do you know any, Do you know who's going? What? Who? AL and NL baseball. No. I'm gonna say Nationals beat the Indians.
0: Oh, well oh 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 you, uh, okay, I sorry, I thought I missed something. I don't know. I haven't I don't know anything about baseball. I have <laughs> no idea. Are the nationals good?
1: Uh yeah, they're good. They're very they're good. good. They're like the second best. They're I'm I'm saying they're gonna beat the Cubs, which is the Cubs are the sex they're the popular pick.
0: Are the Orioles good?
1: Yeah, they're good. They're good. Or, the mm-hmm. Orioles are good. You should just pick the Orioles.
0: Oh oh yeah, I go with the O's. Yeah. All right. oh, or as as we say in
1: Maryland, the a's. Yeah. A-os. Th- this next one is at Kyle S- S- Semanowitz. Nice. How bad that sounded right, right? Yeah. How bad is Smash Mouth on a scale of George Michael to the Baja Men? Hey,
0: excuse me, with George Michael for
1: a second <laughs> i thought you were gonna
0: say about smash no excuse me what what it what, it, what is it what the, what is that scale you uh, you put george michael on a scale of bad to something this is ridiculous jo- i put no george-
1: was a, i was assuming the baja men
0: oh oh, oh oh,
1: relax why why are you so defensive about cheese oh, uh, okay yeah you're, you're right. so defensive you're right
0: i need to calm down okay so
1: defensive but yeah smash mouth sucks all right, next one is a three-parter from Dean Becerra. Uh, let's assume that J.J. will join the dad fraternity one day. What dad does does Denny think J.J. will have the hardest time mastering? What dad move? Uh, composing all email correspondence in Times New Roman font. Seeing the beauty in a beltless pair of jeans. Oh, I got that down. Properly announcing his arrival to any chair with a satisfying sigh slash grunt combo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you won't have a problem with that. You you've probably done that.
1: Oh, I do. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've done that and the, the the no belt thing all no belts all day. Yeah, and no, we gym shorts every
0: day. Right, right. No, uh, I mean, out of those three, I mean, I guess he's gonna have he's gonna struggle with ten times New Roman. I don't know.
1: Next one, at underscore RL210. Keeper question, Michael Floyd for 21 or Macklin for 31? He's a longtime listener, first-time tweeter. I say Floyd for 21. Mm, I really
0: like Macklin. Ah. Uh, You know what? I go Macklin.
1: So you're welcome, Rick. You You got no answer. Sorry. This next one, at chunk marrow. He says, can you discuss the best QB options round 8 to 12? Brady and Romo are are normally still there. Do you like other QBs more? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. We have some some old QB podcasts. I think we'll give you the better answer for that one. Um, So take a look at that. I don't know what episode number it is, though. Next one, at fade to Zach FF. Late-round QB guy here, but lately I think I like my team better when I take a QB in round 5 and 6 instead of a running back wide receiver. Am I kicked out? Um, this goes back actually to our discussion earlier, Denny, where your team will always look better when you go early quarterback for the most part, unless you're in like a super savvy deep league. Like it's going to look better. You don't go by what looks better. You go by what wins and what wins is drafting your quarterback late. Let's go. LRQB squad. Bam. Oh, uh.
0: squad goals. That's what I see the kids say on Twitter. Squad goals.
1: Yeah. That's what the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the first
0: and only time i am ever, ever gonna get to say that. Squad goals.
1: At JP Gibbs, who is this year's Andre Ellington slash Andre Johnson? Hashtag fade the Andres. By the way, that's gonna come we'll we'll we'll, we'll do that in our bold I we, we gotta do that in our in our hot take episode yeah. because mm-hmm. because that's when we faded the Andres last year and that's when shit got real and that's when we like when we say listen to our podcast, we should only send that podcast out.
0: That was that was a good one. You're right. <laughs> You're right.
1: Like that's really the one that we should just show people. Uh, other than the the when Tom came on because we got all Hollywood that week. Mm. Uh, next one at Bully Booger. He says, "Is Jared Cook a great tight end or the greatest tight end of our generation?" That like, uh, doesn't need any more of this Jared Cook crap. Oh, I do. I do. I I need it. It
0: keeps me alive.
1: Um, this next one at PJ Lopez 44. How does six points per touchdown pass change things? Bump up most slash all QBs around or half round? No, 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 no. Uh, I wrote an article on this two years ago where I looked at the weekly data of quarterbacks and it actually does absolutely nothing when you look at things from a week-to-week perspective. And if you think of it this way, too, you wouldn't be bumping up quarterbacks in the rounds because it's all within that same position. You're not super flexing the position.
0: I credit... Okay, you have you have done a lot in fantasy, whether you know it or not, or will admit it or not, but the one incredible thing that you have contributed to me is that article, is that breakdown, which single-handedly killed the talking point the the rote mindless talking point that we heard on twitter for years before you yeah, wrote that did. which was oh it's a six-point league you got to take so and so in the first, then you know,
1: right? It, or or oh, it was a six. It was a six point per touchdown league. Yeah, sure. Then I, then that's fine that you got a quarterback in the first round.
0: It, or, or or even or even you know what? Uh, I'm fine with taking that guy in the fifth instead of the seventh because it's right. six point league. And and this was just a thing that people said, and then we saw it and said, eh, yeah, that, that seems right. And but then you showed that eh, that's actually wrong, and you should stop saying it.
1: Yeah. yeah, actually, in that analysis that I did, there were there were more top 12 quarterback finishes like more quarterbacks who came out with a top 12 finish with six points per touchdown pass than there were with four points per touchdown pass there's this idea that bad quarterbacks can't score can't throw touchdowns when we see them score touchdowns every week that's what you know like like we wouldn't be doing this podcast if that weren't the case. Like we wouldn't be able to to stream quarterbacks if that weren't the case, but it is the case. It's just it does not change. I'm not trying to say like you're dumb, PJ or anything like that because no, no, no. this is the way that every casual fan looks at it. This is the way even even analysts look at this situation, right? And I just think, you know, Denny Denny's making this article seem like a lot bigger than it was, mm-hmm. but like really, like if you break down how the game is played, which is a week to week basis, Like, when you look at the season-long numbers of these quarterbacks, of course they're going to look better because if a quarterback throws more touchdowns, his margin and his his difference in points scored is going to be greater than other quarterbacks. But the way he's accumulating those points is week by week, so it's not that great of a difference. It's just not that great of a difference.
0: Yes. Well, I appreciate you doing uh, single-handedly destroying a, a horrible talking point. Thank you, Denny.
1: This next one at too much tuma. He says, "How much did it cost to book Denny for a podcast appearance? How far in advance do I need to book him?" Um, How much do you charge, Denny? uh,
0: Eleven thousand dollars per episode. And uh, oh, oh, let me ask you this real quick uh, question. Uh, By the way, uh, you you know, I just need a couple a week advance. (laughs) I mean, if you want me on a podcast, Um, my brother and my brother in law and I were talking on the beach the other day if it's dark totally dark outside uh nobody there except you in the ocean how much money do you need to just swim out a hundred yards into the ocean and and come back how much would you do it for
1: a lot you need The, the, the ocean the ocean actually as i've grown older the ocean has frightened me more and more
0: well because of sharks
1: because of just you don't know what the hell is in there
0: no i mean
1: you know but then sharks too at night like that's scary
0: look sharks i think i believe sharks kill 10 people per year
1: denny denny what denny it's scary it, 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 i don't know how a hundred yards is i don't even know if my body can do that I'm, i run i don't swim no what are you talking about you can you know
0: it's real easy you just go at 100 yards i would do it i would do it for 500 dollars
1: I would need $5,000.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much what my brother-in-law said and I couldn't believe it. So you're in this you're in this ridiculous camp that you're you're you you think your life is in danger?
1: I'm I'm frightened. Look, I am frightened when I not frightened. That's not the right word. Like I'll go in the ocean, it's fine. But like the unknown, like what's like around you, what's what's there, and then at night it just gets creepier. It's just scary.
0: It does. I mean, it's not, yes, it's not, not scary. I just, I think it's a little, now if I had to go out 500 yards, then I would assume that I was dead. So it ask for $5 million.
1: Right. Because that's, that's, what, that's yeah. what your life is worth. It, well,
0: it's much less than that, but yes.
1: <laughs> oh man. Next one at Justin Freeman, 18 in your projections, how many guys can realistically make a case as their, as the RB one overall wide receiver one overall. I think it's a really good question. Um, I would say I I think that there's a case that maybe like eight or so running backs would be RB one. Mm-hmm. Wait, how many? Like eight.
0: Eight. Yeah, I, the equi-
1: maybe like five or six.
0: Yeah, my equity score only at, for some reason among the top twelve there are only two that have running back one in their in their range of outcomes. But you know, I would just spitballing. I would say I would say that there are probably more this year than ever. Because, I mean, you could look at guys going in the it's RB, easier RB. Yeah, you're right. You can go in RB twelve to twelve to eighteen range, and you could find you could definitely right. find guys who 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 could do that. Yeah,
1: right. So that's why I'm saying, like, even like a Mark Ingram, like, sure, in his like, I could see things just going his way and it working out. You know what I mean? Like it just coming together. Absolutely. So, that, so there are guys like that, but you know, realistically, I think that there's like. David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Adrian Peterson, Devontae Freeman, Lamar Miller. Um, that's off the top of my head, so I don't, I can't think of.
0: I'm gonna say Doug Martin just because. Sure, he, Doug my, Martin, my boy, and Doug Martin has, I think his, Jamal Charles. The the two full seasons Doug Martin has played, he's he's had two he's he's had two top three finishes.
1: Yeah. Uh, wide receiver one. I think it's. I think it's very firmly three for me. I think it's just the big three. Like, sure, I could see AJ. Like, I could see it. I could see some of those guys being wide receiver one. But like, I think real. If we're trying to be as realistic as we can, I think it's just those three. You you don't think Dez has it? No, that's a good point too. That's a really good point. Dez probably does have it. That's why I've been drafting Dez a lot in MFL tens too. Yeah, so that's a that's a really good point.
0: Uh, I think I think Dez. I think obviously those top three. Uh, I'd say if things go really bad in Houston, I'd say Hopkins, but
1: yeah, but I don't know if it, I don't know if they'll, they'll have that, that negative of a script. Um, same guy, Justin Freeman. He says, I feel like CD Carter 13 definitely has a very defined floor for thread count on his sheets over under 850.
0: Uh, you know, I read that tweet and I have to plead ignorance. I I don't know anything about thread count.
1: I'm surprised. That seems like that would be your thing.
0: Really? You think I'm? Wait, am I like a? Am I a snob?
1: <laughs> no, no, actually. Well, I mean, I think it's just like associating your food takes with with like oh, well, <laughs> sheet takes. This is
0: no this. Well, this is a sheet take right here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what, what what's going on here? I don't like. Here, here's what I want my sheet to do: uh, keep me warm. That, that's it.
1: I actually wanted to just like keep me feeling. I. I hate. I hate. I actually don't even like use a sheet. Wait, what? I just use the comforter.
0: Oh, oh, okay. I gotcha. I'm more of
1: like a like the sheet makes me too warm.
0: Well, it's 84 degrees in in our upstairs right now, so um, (laughs) I haven't even. You're
1: you're you're not on anything and you're nude. I don't
0: know. There's a there's. there's By the way,
1: guys, Denny's upstairs right now while we're doing this podcast.
0: Yep, and I'm completely naked, so.
1: Next one at Chronic Tar Heel, The only real issue I see with Zeke is touchdown downside. Does pairing him with Des in an auction draft remedy that? No, Mm-mm. no, because you're 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 now playing a floor game and relying entirely on the Cowboys' offense. It's not it's not good.
0: Yeah, that's a poop, poop your pants move. I think. I mean, no offense.
1: Next one at Nick Besner. He said Apex expert draft. Why are Jags running backs Ajayi Riddick? Derrick Henry, Prosize Sproles and McKinnon all before Justin Forsett. What's the deal?
0: Well, this Terrence West thing is happening.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening. I don't think Justin Forsett's there's Evan Silva made it send a tweet last week that's like he wouldn't he there's an off chance, like I might be a little hot takey, but there was an off chance that Forsett could get cut. And to me, like I was the guy who drafted Sproles because I think like the way my team was constructed, I needed kind of like a floor guy. And mm-hmm. I think Sproul's in a PPR league can provide that nice floor. Um, so that, that's really the reason I got Sproul's there o- over a guy like Forsett. I just, I, I think he's kind of frightening. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I think that there's an assumption among some people that he's just going to be cut. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two more questions at curb poker. Okay, sorry, Lindyker Poker. Okay, I'd like to hear Denny's take on chewing gum.
0: Mm. Um, I enjoy chewing gum until it disintegrates in my mouth. <laughs> Are which is serious. Ha- well, no, th- this happens every time. Maybe, maybe I have acidic saliva is no, this possible no it's
1: because you spit such fire with your takes that your mouth is just so overheated that it melts the gum
0: i you know what i think you're right i think i'm like jared cook blah 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 and the gums like <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly it just no, fizzles
0: um, away. no listen i know this happens uh i i don't usually chew gum but when i do um i i chew it i chew it vigorously i would say um n- not quite like bill cower where you know bill cower was literally he was abusing his gum (laughs) you know clint
1: Hurdle does that to the pirates manager it's crazy
0: yeah i mean it looks it looks pink i mean you're you're actually like begging you like please god please spit out the gum it doesn't deserve this um uh, but but i'll chew and chew until it starts dissolving in my mouth and it's disgusting why does that happen that sounds
1: horrendous that sounds horrendous i'm not a big i'm one of those gum chewers that like i'll i'll chew it for like a minute and a half and i'm like okay the flavor is gone i'm spitting this out
0: I know, and I couldn't deal with kids like you when I was a kid. And I would hand out gum, and I would see someone spit it out. Like, Excuse me, you've been chewing that for ninety seconds. Pick that off, pick that up off the ground, and chew it.
1: I wasn't, I wasn't a big bubble gum person though. I would, I would slay some big league chew though.
0: Uh, oh yeah, oh definitely. Get Man. those
1: strings. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because, I mean, you felt like you were chewing tobacco. Right.
1: I mean, it's really, really good for children to be chewing Big League Chew it, while they're playing baseball. Still, yeah, like you're, like you're doing in the camera right now, sticking in the side of their
0: mouth. Yeah, you, you stick you it, like, way in the back, and, and then you, like, spit, and you're like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm yeah. getting cancer. What? Sour what? apple, I'm what up? I'm a kid. My goal is to get cancer one day, but right now I'm just practicing.
1: Right, right. Uh, this last question, at DS underscore Cunningham. Do either of you have any ideas to determine draft order when doing a draft in person? Um, I'll give, uh, I'll give a, a shout out to, to one of my friends who might, he, he listens to this podcast a decent amount. Uh, his league, this is a Southern, I mean, remind you, I, I live in North Carolina, but his league, they each drew out of a hat, a random car in a NASCAR race. And where they finished in the race is where they drafted in their draft.
0: Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I thought
1: you were going you were looking at me just now that like you were gonna destroy that.
0: No, no, no. I—I I tried to think of something horrible to say, but I actually kind of like the it's idea. It's a
1: pretty cool idea. It's not bad. Or you can just like do some sort of drinking game or something.
0: Yeah, no, but you should make it. You should definitely make a game out of it if you if you can.
1: Right. Yeah. If there's people, if you're drafting with people around you, like do like have like a beer pong tournament, and then the winner. This is what you do. You have a beer pong tournament, and then every time. And you do you do doubles, you do teams. And then every time a team loses, those two people play against each other, and then whoever loses gets that spot. Do, have you ever on. sweat?
0: Have you ever sweat before a draft?
1: Sweat before a draft. <laughs> um, I mean, if I did, it was definitely just from like drinking alcohol all day.
0: Okay, okay. I've definitely, I've definitely felt like perspiration on my body before a draft. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, That's a, the that's a thing that's happened before. I, like I'll be like, like I'm, I'm like ant, but I'm like trying to control it. I'm like, yeah. hey, hey, how's it going? You know, like you know, gathered around a table with a bunch of people, and I'm it's like, neat. hey, how's it going? It's very but inside intense. I'm like, I'm like,
1: ah, I'm ready for this. Let's go. Right. It's an intense thing, and when you when you are trying to stay calm and you're intense on the inside, that's when sweat comes out because that's the intensity coming out.
0: I mean, my pits are just disgusting, honestly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, like during just always or.
0: No 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 I mean during the draft I mean during the draft I mean it's like it's like horrific it's like you when you feel the sweat running down the, your side and you're
1: like oh my god I get, this, I get, de- this I get deodorant sucks I get the back and I get underneath my knees
0: Oh that's the under yeah. the
1: under the knee sweat is the worst Yeah the under bad. the everyone knows what I'm talking about the under the knee sweat is the worst kind of sweat and I got it right now even doing this freaking podcast it's cuz you're so nervous Yeah I get so nervous doing this pod clearly Clearly. All right, Danny. that does it for the questions. Uh, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you?
0: It's at uh, cdcarter13 on the Twitter. Where's Twitter account? On the Twitter. And uh, check out draftdayconsultants.com. Uh, with your drafts coming up, we uh, have a DFS newsletter uh, that goes for $1.18 a week. You can't afford not to buy it.
1: True. Very true. Uh, and I'm JJ Zachary. and you can find me on Twitter At late round QB, uh, all of of my work is over at numberfire. We're doing, we just rolled out a ton of stuff at numberfire. We have a new redesign on the site, and it's sick looking. And we have a draft kit app that you can download on your iOS device. And it just kind of is like a companion to have while you're drafting, and it'll help you out, make better decisions, and stuff. So, nice. Check that stuff out over at numberfire.com calm. All right, Denny, let's go get some milkshakes. Call it a week and hopefully I'll survive the weekend of binging some more.
0: I my, you know, thoughts and prayers.
1: Thank you. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening
0: to live in the stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more- to see football info, check out MaygroundQB.com.
1: Hope you come back soon as we share about.